Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Velocity of Content. It's Friday, June 10th, 2022. Today, as we do each week, we check in with Publishers Weekly on news from the world of books and publishing. Andrew Albanese, PW Senior Writer, joins me with his reporting and editorial analysis. Welcome back to the program, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. The Audio Publishers Association has released its annual sales survey, and once again, Audiobook revenue surged, continuing in 2021, a decade-long streak of black ink. Yeah, really remarkable news this week, even though it seems like we've probably heard this before. But the Audio Publishers Association announced that revenues grew 25% in 2021 to $1.6 billion. And as you say, this is the 10th straight year of double-digit growth. And that's just not 10 straight years of growth which would be wonderful. Uh, The growth streak is actually longer than that, but 10 straight years of double-digit growth. So just an amazing streak for the audiobook industry, uh, which really has been a boon for the publishing industry at large. Uh, Now, the data comes from, as you say, the Audio Publishers Association's annual sales survey, which is always a very well-done survey. Among the top-line numbers, this year's survey found that nearly 74,000 audiobooks were published. That's in 2021. Uh, That's a big number, and that is a 6% increase in output over 2020. And that's remarkable, too, considering that, you know, the workplace was, shall we say, anything but normal (laughs) from 2020 to 2021. In all, 28 publishers provided data. This includes Audible and Blackstone and Recorded Books, uh, some of the biggest there, Upstart, Pushkin Industries, Brilliance Audio, and all of the majors. So that's Hachette, HarperCollins, Macmillan, Penguin Random House, and Simon & Schuster. And, you know, I expect that the number of audiobooks being published is actually going to continue to grow, uh, especially given how AI is sort of transforming its artificial intelligence, is sort of transforming the work of making audiobooks, which is a whole other story. And not all of that story is entirely positive for the audiobook industry. Well, the latest AP data, Andrew, certainly suggests that audiobook consumption is showing no signs of slowing down. Yeah, some really interesting stats being reported from the Audio Publishers Association's Consumer Survey, which was also part of this report, among them that the percentage of adult Americans who have ever listened to an audiobook is now uh, 45%. You know, it's up slightly. It was 44% in 2020, but that's a pretty big number, 45%. And overall, uh, the share of time spent listening to audiobooks versus, you know, listening to music or ahem, podcasts, <laughs> for example, that more than doubled since 2017. It's up 106%. Audiobook listening is up 106% since 2017. And daily audiobook listeners, and there are a lot of people out there that I personally know who listen to audiobooks every day, well, daily audiobook listeners spend more time listening to books than they do to any other format, radio or, yeah, podcasts. <laughs> and the average daily listener spends more than two hours more per day listening to audio content than the general population does. Uh, in terms of where people are getting their audiobooks, uh, membership in audiobook services increased in 2021 with 41% of listeners indicating they subscribe to at least one such service. That's remarkable penetration. And also one final note, too, that bodes well for the future of the audiobook industry. 61% of parents say their children have listened to audiobooks. That's up 35% from just the previous year in 2020. And that's almost certainly related to the pandemic. Technology is expected to shape the future of audiobooks, Andrew, and not all parts of the market are looking forward to that. 
Yeah, I alluded to this earlier, and you know, we we spoke about this back in February. Uh, my colleague Shannon Mon wrote an article in PW that talked about how technology was starting to impact the audiobook space and how quickly artificial intelligence is improving, uh, and how AI narration, like narration aided by AI in some cases, has come a long, long way from the early days back when we had those sort of you know robot-like disembodied voices. Already, in some cases, you can't even tell what an audiobook uh, has been generated by an AI versus when it's been recorded by a human. And as more and more publishers seek to create digital audio editions uh, for their backlist works, as this most recent APA survey indicates, and as audio becomes an increasingly major source of revenue and profit, also, as this report indicates, well, voice actors, I think, are a little understandably concerned about whether they're going to be cut out of the loop and whether this is going to be a way for audiobook publishers to sort of juice their profits further. Now, if you're a small publisher or an indie publisher and you can create an audio version for pennies on the dollars, of course you're going to do that. Why wouldn't you? I think the question is whether some of the bigger houses are going to start using this technology for some of their front list authors. And I do think this is a real concern. Now, I don't think the rise of technology here is quite as threatening as it seems, at least not yet. You know, with nonfiction books, especially from memoirs, for example, authors are still going to want to narrate their own books. So there's that. And many of these voice actors out there are remarkably talented and they have real fan bases and they're just, you know, they're never going to be replaced by a machine. I truly believe that. Still, for a lot of books, it's really not about that performance, but it's simply about having the book read to you, right? And in these cases, I do think that in you know, artificial intelligence-assisted narration makes a lot of economic sense, especially for creating you know, audiobooks that are sort of on the deep backlist and may not be generating a ton of revenue. But I'll reiterate my takeaway from February, and that is that now is the time to have a conversation about this, right? There's this entire ecosystem out there this, of people who, you know, direct audiobooks and record audiobooks and edit audiobooks and people who check the audiobook against the manuscript. And in this age of deep fakes, right, there are real ethical issues out there too. So what's to stop someone, for example, from misappropriating someone's voice? You know, it happens. It can happen. So as I said in February, I think it's really important that we – you know, seeing the growth that we're having and seeing how this technology has come so fast, I think it's important that we really do have this conversation now and we get some ground rules and some ethical considerations baked in right now while we're still in this moment of growth. As you've covered already in previous podcasts, Andrew, book sales, though still strong, are decidedly cooling off this year after a red hot sales year in 2021. PW has now reported on a regional segment of the market where books even appear to be underperforming. And that would be cities. Yeah, a really interesting trend to keep an eye on, I think. Uh, in a recent uh, NPD report, uh, NPD analyst Kristen McLean noted that sales in most retail segments in big cities are having a difficult time making up some of the ground they've lost since 2019. And when it comes to books, that certainly appears to be the case. In eight of the country's 10 biggest markets, sales are underperforming the overall book market compared to the pre-pandemic period in 2019. Uh, and this is while many mid-sized markets are actually seeing substantial gains. So for its report, BookScan, MPD BookScan, I should say, analyzed print units from two vantage points, actual change in sales in 2022 versus 2019, and how sales in different markets changed in 2022 versus 2019. And this compared to the overall 15% increase posted in the market. So overall, we have this 15% increase. And the good news is, is that sales in many cities are up a little bit over 2019, 
uh, sales in the New York metropolitan region, for example, uh, it's the country's largest book market, rose about 1% over 2019. You know, that's not the kind of growth we've been seeing everywhere else. It's growth. So that's something. But the growth really is well behind that 15% overall growth benchmark that we're seeing across the country. And overall, the 10 largest book markets actually lost ground, about three points. So these 10 major markets account now for about 31% of total book sales through May of this year. And that's down from 34% for the comparable period before the pandemic back in 2019. Meanwhile, smaller cities saw massive growth. For example, Portland, Maine saw a sales increase of 37% this year compared to 2019. That's 22 points above the market average. What does PW reporting show might be behind that interesting contrast? Yeah, it's interesting. As my boss, Jim Milliot, notes in his article on the PW site now, you can go on the PW site and read it now. Barnes & Noble CEO James Don has been saying this for a while. He said that you know stores in urban areas were having the toughest time recovering. Uh, and of course, we, we believe this is all pandemic related. MPD's Kristen McLean agrees. You know, while the theory here is that, you know, initially the major markets underperformance might be tied to some stricter retail lockdowns being implemented in the bigger cities. The biggest factor is still pandemic related, but the biggest factor appears to be the migration of people uh, moving away from big cities. For example, in the Boston area, where sales were up only 5%, you know, that's 10 points below the industry increase, the 15% number. And PD noted that the switch to remote learning at the city's many universities probably contributed, as well as office closures that allowed employees to move to less expensive areas, such as nearby Portland, Maine. <laughs> so a similar trend can be seen in Northern California, too. San Francisco actually posted a decline in 2022 versus 2019, while two hours away in Fresno, book sales increased by more than 16 points over the industry average. So 31 to 32 percentage points up in Fresno while we're seeing a decline in San Francisco. And the two major book markets that actually had the best sales performances in 2022 versus 2019 were Dallas-Fort Worth and Atlanta. And we know these have been among the most popular destinations for people who are leaving larger metropolitan areas like New York. Uh, the migration trend raises a number of questions for uh, McLean about the book market, such as how indie bookstores and some of the outlying areas may benefit from the shift and how publishers should adapt their marketing and sales efforts. But look, reading these trends is not going to be simple, right? For one, it's harder to open or reopen a bookstore in New York where rents are high at the moment. So that's probably going to like slow recovery, I think. But also, I believe life in America's big cities is, is starting to get back to normal. It's certainly true in New York. And I believe we're going to get back to some semblance of normal, though it may take years to get there. And I do think that over time, uh, we will see market share slide back to the major cities. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer. Thanks for joining me on the program today. My pleasure, as always. Coming up on the next podcast from CCC, the digital gold rush in podcasting has many creators giddy with dreams of making it big in Hollywood. But as book authors have discovered over a century of adaptations, the appetite for content in La La Land is voracious, leading to business terms that require absolute control of intellectual property. Attorney Alexia Badat represents podcasters in IP negotiations with producers and media companies. She advises her clients to learn the lessons of Hollywood contracts and to seek deals that build on the unique strengths of podcasting. 
It's really an industry of people who get together and talk about best practices and are sharing tips and experiences and are questioning the way that things are done and are learning from each other. And this happens at the independent producer, independent creator level. It's happening at the independent podcast production company level with production companies around the world looking to work together. Podcasting comes to Hollywood. Coming on the next CCC podcast. Our producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. You can subscribe to the program wherever you go for podcasts. And please do follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm Christopher Keneally. Thanks for listening to this Velocity of Content podcast from CCC.